Thanks for joining us for today's message. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is working through this ministry to change lives. If you have a story to share about how God has worked in your life, then let us know by sending us an email to mystory@timberlakechurch.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by giving online at timberlakechurch.com give. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning again. I'm Ben. I'm the lead pastor. I want to welcome those watching online, our other campuses as well. I hope you're doing well this morning. Uh, we are doing something new. We're kicking off a new series called Faith Forward 2020 Vision. And really, we're looking at two things. We're looking at how God can move our faith forward in a significant way. And so we're focusing more uh, than we even normally do. We are going to be joining together for the next six weeks. Uh, We're going to have a daily devotional groups in the message series, of course, as we focus in primarily on the Gospels, uh, Jesus' encounters with people, and see what they mean for our lives. Also, we're going to uh, look at what that means for us corporately as a church. And here's the thing, is that often it can be a little bit counterintuitive. Uh, I remember not to, just a couple weeks ago when it was snowing and there was ice on the road. I was thinking about some of the counterintuitive uh, things that there are just in everyday life. When you hit a patch of ice on the road, what do they tell you not to do? What do you want to do? Hit the brakes, right? And so you, I don't know what you're supposed to do, sing Jesus Take the Wheel or something. Uh, But uh, yeah, and then I was thinking about that as well. I talked about that, uh, how, uh, you know, this is not a conspiracy theory. We know this to be true. How for about 70 years, uh, people in government and nutrition, they all lied to us because they said, if you really want to be healthy, what you need is a diet based on bread and pasta, and then, and then a little bit of milk, and you will be very healthy until you die at 34 years old. Uh, but we found out that's not true. That actually would be harmful. Uh, the thing they told us to stay away from was fat, and now we know that uh, fats don't make you fat, they make you full, uh, which I use as an excuse to live primarily on bacon. And uh, I don't know if that's what they meant uh, when it came to that. But it's sort of interesting how, how something we thought was true and, and really was, it was considered common knowledge, now we know is absolutely untrue. And, and then uh, think about emotions. Uh, in psychology, it, it, people would think, well, if you just, you just got to let your anger out and then you won't be angry. Guess what they found when you let your anger out? Guess what you become more? angry. Actually, it was the opposite of what was taught. And so, if, it can, if we can have counterintuitive realities when it comes to bacon or anger and driving on ice, wouldn't it necessarily carry over that when it comes to spiritual realities, there might be some things that we have thought, but the reality could be different. And so today, what I want to look at, and this is really a one-theme message today, although we're going to look at it from many angles, is what does it mean for us to really follow 
Jesus. Now you're saying, okay, follow Jesus. No, no, I'm talking about really follow Jesus. If you're here for the first time and you've never uh, really made that decision, I hope you'll understand what that means. Maybe even make that decision today. I think for those of you who have raised in religious environments or been around church, actually it's going to be the most difficult for you because sometimes we don't go to necessarily the Scripture. We go to what we think it means to follow Jesus. And can I tell you what? It can be scary sometimes. And so what I want to do is be scary for the next six weeks. Uh, no, actually, hopefully not. It's sort of like uh, I remember someone sent me a, a long time ago uh, sort of the story about a uh, uh, captain of a ship and, and, you know, sort of way back in the days, and uh, he sees a pirate ship in the distance, and uh, he, he says to his men, bring me my red shirt. And they're like, what do, you, what do you need the red shirt for? He says, because I want to lead you into battle. And if I am, if they get me and I'm bleeding, I don't want you to be discouraged by my blood. I want you to fight on. And they're like, this guy is amazing. And then a little while later, they see not one pirate ship. They see 20 pirate ships. And he says, bring me my brown pants. LAUGHTER and, and, and maybe uh, you are going to have one of those moments. And uh, I hope not literally, by the way. <laughs> but here's the deal is I believe that we can move faith forward. I, I think that some people, and, and, and hopefully you're not around people like this, I was actually had the opportunity to present a group of even Christian leaders, and they're saying, you know, things are, are, are more difficult. Well, I think things are actually awesome because people are making real faith decisions, not just about cultural, sort of a cultural religion, which doesn't transform your life. I don't think really is a relationship with God, but what does it mean to really follow God? And, and does God care about me? Will God work on my behalf? And I think if you go on this journey, and I encourage you more than ever before the next six weeks to make being at church actually a, a priority. Live if you can, because uh, that you're going to know that you can trust God and that there's going to be a transformational moment for you and also for all of us. So, so here's, uh, here's what we're going to do, is we're going to move faith forward like we have. If, if you're new around here, I know so many of you are, uh, that uh, over the last 30 years, 30 years ago, Timberlake Church started with a proposition that maybe there could be a church that could be biblically faithful and life-giving. And we've maintained that for 30 years is that we really want to be faithful to what the Scripture teaches. We don't come up with our own ideas, that God reveals Himself to us. And if you're a student of religion, that's the difference with Christianity and other faiths. Other faiths, if you look at Eastern religion, others, it's all about you need to seek, 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 seek God. And, and that's okay, that's their faith, but you know what it does? It leaves many people helpless and hopeless. Christianity is, is the opposite, that God seeks you out, that God, that, that nudge, that circumstance, that person who came to you, that God seeks you out because He loves you so much. See, it's much different. And so, will I allow God to do that? Will I allow Him to work in my life? Well, the 30, I, I've only been here 11 and a half years, which I guess is a while, as a lead pastor. Uh, first 10 years of the church, the church grew a lot, went through a difficult season, uh, honestly, uh, for a number of years uh, after that. 
And I remember when we came, we uh, came from San Diego. I'm from uh, this area, which, well, I don't know if you can call Tacoma this area. No, the, uh, but I am from this area. And uh, we came back. We were pastoring in San Diego, my wife and I, uh, a church. We just built a, 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 a big auditorium. It was amazing to see a church go from a few people to 5,000 people a weekend. And in the middle of that, we felt that God was doing something different in us. And uh, we came here to Timberlake. And by the way, back then, there was one campus, one service, uh, none of you in the balcony. I'm sorry, you would not be here because there was no balcony. And so it was a much different, a, a, a much smaller church. But our passion was really for this area in this region because it's so pivotal. Our, around the world, people look at this as one of the significant influencing regions. And the friends I grew up with who, who maybe never knew Jesus or walked away from faith, some of them who actually attend Timberlake uh, Church uh, now, some of my fraternity brothers from college, and you're welcome to congratulate them, but they're not allowed to tell you any stories. <laughs> the, uh, and I, I thought, what if we could engage in a different way? Not, our competition certainly is not other church. We're for other churches. We've actually planted or replanted six churches in the Seattle area because it's never really been about us. It's about what God would do. And we, we, it's counterintuitive. We give away great leaders who have done great ministry, and we just believe that God will keep on working. And we've seen that happen uh, in our church time and time again. And then we came to the opportunity to, to uh, uh, when the church was growing, this one, we started our first campus, our second campus, third campus, fourth campus, all of that, that we needed to make room. And in the middle of the recession, we did that. And when there was an opportunity to take over uh, a ministry for homeless people because they couldn't make it financially, it was that or shut down. We said, you know, we, we're going to invest in that. And there's been these times along the way where it doesn't seem to make sense, but it makes sense in God's economy. And it's always been faith forward, not retreat, not retrenchment and retraction. That's not where we're about. We're about engaging in a positive biblical way our culture, our communities, and it has been a miracle to see what God would do. We're far from perfect. And the funny thing is, is uh, people who try to be, you know, I'm going to be perfect or act perfect, usually God really never uses them. Do you know who God uses 100% of the time? There's one thing you have to be, and you can't be used by God without it, is you have to be completely available to Him. And so my goal is that we would be completely available to God individually and that this would be a season of growth personally and for us as a church. So we're going to do something different because I want you to pray. And prayer is a foundation of Timberlake Church. We've gone through these seasons now, 21 days of prayer. And so, ushers, if you will uh, pass out, we have these uh, little uh, bracelets, and it says 2020 Vision, uh, Faith Forward, Timberlake Church. And uh, I, I would encourage you to take one of these, and I want this to be a reminder. If you would even wear this over the next six weeks, and you would just say, God, I'm going to pray. When I remember, this is going to be a reminder. I'm going to say, God, I want to be open to what you would do in my life. I want to pray for our, our ministry uh, together as a church. See, I am relentlessly optimistic when it comes to what God can do and what God will do. 
Let's uh, turn to Isaiah, one of my favorite verses. It says this, See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. And see, the funny thing is that God has done this definitely in our church, but throughout history, when it seemed that uh, things were getting difficult, that God has done something wonderful. Uh, you, you may not believe this uh, or not, but do you know that Seattle is not known as the most religious city in America? Yeah, it's, no, it's sort of known as a place where faith die. I remember people telling me, oh, you know, you don't come to Seattle. It'll be a few Christians. You're never going to reach anyone. Oh, really? Well, then yeah, the, the hundreds and hundreds of people who, who've come to know Jesus, you have to tell them something different. I talked to three last week. I got two emails last week. The stories that are your stories. By the way, if you, someday maybe you'd be willing to share that story of what God has done in your life. But I think throughout history, we had International Weekend a couple weekends ago, people from all over attending Timberlake Church. And uh, I think of China when there were only a few million Christians in China and the Cultural Revolution and the great persecution and those Christians were sent to labor camps around the country. And now they're, uh, by many estimates, well over 100 million, we don't know. Christ followers in China, probably more committed Christ followers than there are in North America today by most estimates. We think about uh, South Korea, a, a nation after a war, it was devastated, and believers, the first thing they did before they rebuilt their homes, they rebuilt their churches, and they said, no, we want to put God first. And South Korea is a very, very tiny nation that has a global influence that's maybe unparalleled. Uh, back in... Uh, in the early 1900s, there were a couple people from the Ukraine who uh, went, interesting, they went to uh, Los Angeles, California, and found Jesus, which talk about a miracle. And, uh, and so, uh, you know, in L.A., they're in L.A., and, and a couple people hear an African-American preacher, and then they turn their lives to Jesus. A few years, they go back to their country. The Iron Curtains falls, and I talked about that. And when it's lifted, there's three-quarters of a million people who have, are following Jesus. And see, God, God will work in, un, in ways that are unexpected but predictable. God always works for the redemption of every human being, and that includes the worst thing you've done, the place where you feel is off-limits, and would you be willing to follow and trust God in that process? So we're looking at the Gospels. I want to get the Gospel story right now. Uh, here, here we read in Mark 1. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon, his brother, Andrew, casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Now you think about that, what a powerful thing that was. And when he had gone a little further, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men, and they followed him. See, I'm a Bible person. I, I've read the Bible a number of times. I went to school a long time, sort of studying the Scriptures, all of that. But I think what will happen is we read verses like that, and it loses the impact. Oh, they followed him. Well, look at what happened. They left their communities, their family, their livelihood, everything they know, and they said, you know, nothing is more powerful in our lives than following Jesus, and God used them to change the world. But as I look at that for my own life, I'm not there sometimes. It's hard to really follow. So what gets in the way? One is life's busyness. 
I mean, we have work and we have soccer games for kids and kids and school and, and you name it and other activities. Uh, well, praise the Lord, we don't have any football to watch anymore, at least. The, uh, <laughs> I guess there's some game next week. Who cares? Anyway, uh, but, uh, but, but we have all these things going on. And, and, and the, the truth is, is we really do the calculus. And, and I'm speaking to me as much as you, so please don't hear this as anything else but that. Oftentimes, the truth is we make a decision not to follow Jesus. i got to work on my marriage right now. And what you're saying is, is God can't help your marriage. You're smarter, and so take all the responsibility for everything that happens. Or would you, maybe it would be wiser, the one that created you, say, I'll seek him above my spouse. And I believe when I seek him first that God will work in my marriage. I've got to focus on my kids right now, and I can't, you know, they got, they got this, so I really don't have time for God. That's okay. This is America. You can do whatever you want to. The outcome w- will be unfortunate and predictable. Maybe you say, God, I'm going to seek you first, and you will work in my kids' lives. I know in marriage, uh, my wife, every once in a while, uh, we have, well, I don't know. You, you may not have this in your household. Have you ever had a discussion? Yeah, the discussion, because we have that, because every once in a while she does something sinful, and so we, we really run into this, uh, and, and she's like, you, we, we, I think you just need to go pray, <laughs> which means Jesus talked to him, uh, because here's one thing she knows and I know to be true is that if I seek her first, I won't be the husband I need to be, and I won't be the best. I just never will. Jesus says, seek first my kingdom and my righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. That's either true or a lie. I believe it's true. But there's number two, there's competing priorities. There's this this priorities that we have in our life. It's like, what do you do with all the resources, the time, energy, money, uh, relationships that you have? Uh, Last night, and I I hope you don't think less of me as a pastor, I was looking uh, last night when it came to uh, the lottery, the Powerball, and uh, the lottery was worth $373 million. That's a lot of money. If it's not for you, then we're going to talk to you during the offering. The, uh, uh, and I was thinking about that and was reading about what you could do with $373 million. By the way, the odds are uh, 1 in 110 million of winning, that you are 200 more times likely to be attacked by a shark than win the lottery. So don't, don't base your retirement on it. Uh, that you could buy 598,000 tickets to Disneyland. So choices you would have. You could buy 35 million Vente lattes at Starbucks. You could buy 23 Lear jets or one friend named Ben. So it would, it really, you have these. Uh, so you have these choices. And, and, and life is about choices. And following Jesus, Jesus will be, he will be everything in your life but second. And that's, that's one of those things that if, do we really believe what the Scripture says? Number three, there's relational pulse. The, and by the way, those of you who've been in recovery, I talked about that last week, got a lot. Even if you, get, you beat a chemical addiction, uh, if you're in the same relational group, is, is most people don't, don't stay recovered. That oftentimes there will be pulls, good or bad, that take us away, because people aren't going to understand your priorities in life. They're not going to understand what it means when you say, no, I really believe if I put Jesus first, life will make more sense. 
because there's a, a groundedness. It's sort of like if you've ever been on a cruise uh, uh, ship. Uh, crew, I don't get nervous on cruises, huge ships, uh, because it's, there's so much weight and depth. But could you imagine, instead of on a cruise ship, having floaties and being in the ocean? Yeah, that would be because you just go wherever the waves take you. And a lot of us, honestly, when it comes to our life, our faith, we're taking the floaty method. And we really need a depth of faith. That's what we're looking at the next number of weeks. See, there's also spiritual hesitation. Spiritual hesitation where I'm doing the calculus of what does it mean to really follow Jesus talks about really the importance, even back then, and it applies to us today, that, that now is our moment. And I truly believe it's our moment as a church. Jesus went into uh, Galilee, it said, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God is near. And so, there's, whenever we delay something, the truth is oftentimes we're just saying no. And I would encourage you to say, no, Jesus, I'm willing to follow you right now. So what does that look like? What would that really look like to do that? And this is for me as much as it is for you uh, because uh, it's, there's a lot of things that go on in life. We're going to look at another gospel story, and these are the conclusions I draw out of them. Number one is keep uh, in proximity to Jesus. We read in Luke 10, 38, uh, this, and it says, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. And sort of, we talked last week about opening my heart, which is like Christ's home, to him, that, that he would have access to those places. And it really ultimately comes down to trust, is am I going to stay close to Jesus? Now, you're at church, you know, that's great. Uh, and, and, Two, you know, there can be guilt manipulation. Oh, be at church. Well, I, I want you to be at church for your growth. If you're, if you're not around a worshiping community, you won't grow like you could. doesn't mean you're a bad person, but it definitely means that. So that's why it's a priority. It's not about some ritual. Spending daily time with Jesus, I hope you'll sign up for that devotional because it's about just saying, hey, I want to just interact with, just give a few minutes of my day to God. It's ultimately about trust. One of my favorite trust stories, Rick Enloe, you've heard him preach here uh, a number of times. He was in Jamaica way back in the day, and he says, he tells this story where uh, they had cameras, but not like on a phone. But you remember when cameras used to be like this big? And so there are all these people with cameras are hiking up a waterfall, and the guide, this uh, Jamaican guide, he says, okay, give me your cameras. And he grabs everyone's cameras, puts them around his neck, and Rick's a little bit of a curmudgeon. And he's like, yeah, no, I'll keep my camera. And he goes, no, give me your camera, man. And uh, he goes, well, how do I know you won't fall in the water? He goes, you don't, but I know you will. And, and the truth is, is that oftentimes we're, we're putting trust in our fallible self instead of the infallible God. Number two, th uh, focus on faith steps more than religious stuff. And, and this it really gets to uh, how we even operate as a church. We don't have a lot of programs that maybe others might have, and it's not that we're against those. Our evaluation of everything we do here is does it help you progress in your faith? Uh, it's not just to keep you busy. It's okay to keep busy, and definitely somewhere else can do it differently. But we want people who are growing in their faith. Are, are, are our hearts more open to God? Have we taken the steps that are laid out in Scripture? So you could view something like baptism, which is coming up uh, next weekend. 
is, oh, that's a, a ritual. No, it isn't. It's a faith step. Jesus commanded for you to be baptized if you believed. And, and by the way, I, I hear this. Well, I was baptized as a baby. Well, that's your parents' faith. But the, in the Bible, when it talks about baptism, it's repentance for sins. And one thing I know about little babies, they are not good repenters. And so, no, it's every baptism in the Bible is someone who's made an adult uh, profession of faith. And so, if you, by, why, why wouldn't you do that? You don't have to say anything, do anything, doesn't cost you anything. It's just one of those things that it's a great step that I identify publicly with what Jesus has done. And when I identify publicly, I grow closer to Him. When I spend time with Him, it's not about saying, hey, I've read the Bible this many times. It's about getting to know the heart of God. When I pray, some of you believe that God doesn't listen to your prayers. And do you know that He does? That even though you've been praying a long time and, and it seems like there's no answer, that God hears you and He cares. And you're developing that relationship with Him. Look at that kind of attitude we find in the Scripture. It says, she had a sister called Mary who uh, sat at the Lord's feet listening to what He said. But Martha was distracted with all the preparations that had to be made. And that can be true of you and me. And that means, number three, make faith more personal than transactional. That, that it's not, uh, I'm part of this church or this organization, but that I'm really personally engaging with God and His mission in the world. Here's what we read in Luke 10, uh, 40, 41. She came to Him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha. By the way, every time I read that, I read, don't, don't you, any of you remember the Brady Bunch? <laughs> yeah, and uh, I hear Marsha, Marsha every time. I know that's, sorry, weird Bible humor. So, the, uh, so uh, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about so many things. Is that us? I'm worried about, oh, no, I can't do that right now. I'm so worried about things. What will happen to my kids? What are they learning in school? Oh, my kids have a problem. I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure about my husband. You know, he doesn't help around the house, but we really have to have a date night together. And, you know, sometimes he doesn't come home, and then I get really angry at him, but he needs to work hard because there's so much to do at work. And what if we don't save enough money? We're never going to be able to retire. And what about my health? I'm starting to get a little bit stressed out. No wonder! <laughs> because you're upset and worried about so many things. And you should be if you're God, if you're the God of your life. But if there's a creator God who loves you and redeems you, which I think history, everything points to, I stake my life on it, then I can trust Him. Well, I'm not sure if I'm going to keep my job. You can trust Him. I'm not sure about money. You can trust Him. I'm not sure about, you know, if, you know, no, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm single and will, you know, Mr. Wright come or Mr. Someone come along. You can trust Him. And it's not going to be easy sometimes. Sometimes it actually will be a blessing that you can't even imagine. And I know that's hard relationally. I, I mean, I, okay, this, this is a little off track, but the, uh, have you ever, I mean, I, I remember back in high school and college thinking, if, if I don't date this person, my life will be ruined. And then you look him up on Facebook, and you're like, praise the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> and so, no, it's, but we put, we just don't know. 
We just don't know. There's so many things that you don't know, but there's one thing you can know, is that you can ultimately follow Jesus because as, as King David, when his life fell apart, by the way, his own fault, he said, uh, the Lord makes me lie down in green pastures. He restores my soul. And that comes from following. See, one thing he knew is he was a shepherd we, before he became a king and a warrior and one of the best-known people in the world. His, his poetry, the Psalms, many people, hundreds of millions of people who know nothing about Christianity know those pieces of work. He knew about following. He knew about following, and that really leads to number four, is determined to live your best purpose, that we live our best purpose. And again, I, I, I'm under no delusions that the choices aren't difficult. It, it's uh, when we talk about where we're going as a church and time, energy, money, yes, money, all of that. What does that take? It, it's, not, it's, it's usually not that people are coming up to me and saying, Ben, uh, I don't know if I should follow Jesus or become a serial killer. That's usually not the choice. And if that is your choice, please come up for prayer after the service with the security team. And, but no, it really isn't that. It, it's, no, I'm going to follow because He's faithful. He's faithful when I'm struggling. He's faithful when I'm hurting. He's faithful when I'm blessed beyond measure. And sometimes I believe it's all about me. Luke 10, 42, it says, uh, Jesus says, Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. See, here's my final thought is this, is don't delay embracing your opportunity. And so what is that for you today? What is your opportunity to follow Jesus? For some of you, it's, uh, it's uh, taking a step. We're, we're doing, after this service, this campus, we're doing uh, Discover Timber, like right around there you can go. Let's just find what we're about, what we believe, connect with other people. And you're feeling like, ah, I'm not quite connected. Do you know that you can be? They're just taking that step. Well, I don't have, well, I'm just saying, we by the way, we feed you. Uh, we, uh, we'll, we, child care will take care of your kids. Now, you can't leave your kids here and go to lunch. Jackie, you can't do. And so, take that step. Maybe that's your right now opportunity. Maybe it's baptism. Maybe it's trusting Jesus or putting your trust in Him again. I don't know what you're… Maybe for you it's just saying for the next six weeks, I'm going to be… Because really, these really do feed on each other. I'm going to be open to God and I'm going to follow Him. Well, I, I get a front row seat of the stories of how God works miraculously in people's lives as they open their hearts to Him, and I mentioned a few of those. Uh, heard a few people at our newcomers uh, uh, dessert the other week and emails during the week, but I want you to hear one of those stories because I think it'll be an encouragement to you. My name is Lindsay. I've been going to Timberlake since September of 2019. And I have two kids, and my husband is Jamel. I grew up in uh, Prosser, it's in Eastern Washington. And um, I grew up in a Catholic family. We didn't really talk about God at home. Um, we would pray a little bit, but it wasn't like at the forefront of our lives. 
that was kind of my upbringing. When I moved away from home, faith didn't really have much of a role in my life. When I met my husband, one of his friends was a pastor at a church in Seattle, um, and we went to a couple services there, but uh, we didn't go consistently enough, I guess, to say that we truly, or I truly incorporated it back in my life. So it was a little bit of a, um, a struggle to, you know, find the right place to be. In our marriage, we had a little bit of a um, bumpy road. It caused a lot of, I don't like the word resentment, but you know, it was really hard to kind of get past the hurt. It hurt our communication. Um, it hurt just our general, like being in the same room together. Right before we went to Timberlake for the first time, kind of our issues peaked. And so it definitely was God calling us to be like, okay guys, it's kind of now or never. When we came to Timberlake, he went uh, with the kids. I had to be working, but we had seen the sign driving by, you know, during the week. And um, he just decided like, you know what, today's the day. I'm gonna go take the kids and just, you know, check it out. And he, um, you know, let me know he had an amazing time at great people. And um, then I joined him the next time when I wasn't working. God spoke to me through the experience of being just in service and being present. The moment that I decided to accept Christ, uh, the pastor had everyone close their eyes at the service, um, so at the end of the service, and raise their hand if they felt that in their heart that this was the day they needed to accept Christ. And I decided, yes, I wanted my marriage to get on, be in a better spot. I wanted to raise my kids. Um, knowing Christ. I noticed a difference in myself. I'm a lot more patient. The busyness of having a family is can get a little crazy sometimes, but I think we try to just connect more. It's been really great for getting our marriage kind of back on track. Before I dedicated my life to Christ, I kind of felt really lost. Um, didn't know where to turn with my stresses. Um, after there, that weight is lifted. Jesus is really, um, he's a protector. He's someone that I can talk to. He's a strong force in, in our family. There's someone there that's listening, that's watching, and that's making sure that our family is um, okay. He's there whenever we need him. Can we thank her for sharing her story today? It takes a lot of courage. And it takes a lot of courage to say, this is where I was, and I knew I couldn't stay there anymore. And maybe this message finds you even in that place. That it's not so much about following, building on great steps into the future. I hope that's where you're at. I hope that's what God is doing. But maybe it's about rebuilding some things that are broken in the past or even right now. And no, that's not too big for God, that he, he, he is available. Just as God calls us to be available to Him, is that He is available to us. Thank you for listening to the Timberlake Church Podcast. Stay connected with us by visiting TimberlakeChurch.com or follow us on Twitter or Facebook.